I want to know everything there is to know about you. I am going to introduce me. You must have spotted her by now. She's always there. Don't I deserve love? Somebody has to like me best. You know what's, you know what's a paradise? And then a serpent came into that garden. Just stop, please, stop, stop. Oh, Clyde. I have nothing against a good fuck. But there is danger here. Somebody has to do something about it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Don't Know Her podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Michael. And you join us once again to celebrate a star of the big screen. Someone that we feel deserves a lot more love and attention than they get. And perhaps some better roles along the way, more roles, whatever it might be. But as part of this mini-series we're working on, we're sort of jumping away from the list that we add so many names to all the time and actually reaching out to see what others reckon we should be chatting about and who would that be for this episode michael veronica cartwright who i'm joking well i honestly so this and i i feel very guilty about this i don't i cannot remember because i didn't write down and then i couldn't find the person who suggested veronica cartwright ages ago like this might be at when we first started and i when i saw that name thought who like who is this person googled her name saw Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds The Children's Hour with Audrey Hepburn and Shirley MacLaine The Invasion of the Body Snatchers um she is someone I know very well also the cover of uh, the Scissor Sisters second album Tada features her as she did she also features on the single cover for I Don't Feel Like Dancing so I recognize this woman what really? <laughs> yeah, really. I'm not. I don't tell lies here. She's on the album cover of Tada with the yeah, door. Yeah, she's in the elevator. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> Jake Shears really? and all have taste. Amazing. So I was absolutely delighted when we finally came around to this mini series, and I thought finally, I can get my teeth stuck into her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my Get God. your teeth out of her. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I don't. I feel like because of the films we're we're going to be talking about, she puts me in that mindset. Like mm. I haven't even mentioned Alien or Witch, Witches of Eastwick. Yeah. But um. I I did it. I feel appropriate that I would get my teeth stuck into her. <laughs> Oh, me too. Thank goodness. And did you know who she was? No, not at all. When you said let's do Veronica Cartwright, I truly was. Who? But in the, which case, brilliant. Sign me up. And yeah, when you look at the IMDb most known for, that is that is quite a, a lineup. So truly unignorable. If I'm saying who is that and then seeing that she, like you said, is in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Alien, The Birds, Witches of Eastwick, how the heck am I not remembering who this person is? And when going back and rewatching um, one film in particular for me, going, how could I forget who you were? Was that in the bedroom where she's <laughs> on screen <laughs> as counsellor? Precisely. <laughs> um, no, well, one thing that is truly the case for her and why I certainly won't forget her now, and I'm surprised I would have in the first place, is that she really is someone who has racked up a lot of 
very iconic scenes within films yeah. in particular. It's not that she's just in these films. She is the centerpiece, or at least present in, some of the most iconic scenes in these films and in cinema of all time. Um, so truly someone who will not ever leave my head again now. No, I am a little bit fascinated by her. Like To think of somebody who starts off their career working with people like Alfred Hitchcock and Audrey Hepburn and Shirley MacLaine and William Wyler and then gets to work with Nicole Kidman <laughs> in The Invasion in 2007. You know, she's cool. working with all sorts of um, amazing people and has a is a thread to the history of cinema, American cinema. And you know what, that's, that's giving her too much credit, but she is, she is part of a heritage there. Um, and that she's in some of my favorite scenes or some of the best scenes in cinema is really wonderful. Like yeah. so many of them. Yeah, 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 so many. I thought it was, so the scene I'm talking about is um, the cherry stones in The Witches of Eastwick. But then, I thought, because that made me think, how could I forget her? And then she's also in the chestburster scene. She's in the... In Alien, ch- in case, yeah. in, in Alien. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because the chestbursting scene could be, if that was Showgirls or... Yeah, uh, really different <laughs> First story, Wife yes. Club or Baywatch. And as you pointed out to me earlier, she does play a stripper in a film called um, Sparkler. Is that what it was called? Yeah. So maybe in that, she also is in a chest burster <laughs> scene. Uh, the chest burster scene in Alien, though. The children's party in The Birds, very iconic. Um, Singing um, Scary Movie 2. Um, uh, shake that ass or watch yourself. Uh, of course, very um, iconic. Uh, also... Um, the scream in the invasion of the body snatchers, oh which I God. think is the iconic scene from that film, yeah. and she is very much part of. I that. have so much to say about that film in particular. That's the so that's anyway. We I won't I won't say everything right now, but I agree. I think it is amazing that she's had such an imprint on cinema in that way. Um, also, her sister Angela Cartwright was one of the Von Trapp kids. No, she's Brigitte. Uh, oh my trap. God. Yeah. She was also in Lost in Space, um, the TV show. Like, So they are Hollywood royalty. Like, imagine imagine being like, okay, you're working with Hitchcock, you're working with Robert Rise on The Sound of Music. What a household. They- yeah, my gosh, truly. <laughs> and we'll get into that. I can, I can give more information of how that came to be. Um, but she, even if she didn't make any other iconic films, she would always be remembered as a sort of scream queen mm-hmm. in a way in the best sense not running upstairs or yeah. being chased but literally screaming, literally screaming in the face of in the face of really horrific things yeah. and most of the time having more agency than most women do in those sorts of stories um as you'll see there is also a thread where her characters perhaps don't survive most of the time um which is a shame um but She's really iconic, yeah. I think it is. She's really special. So if you do remember messaging us on social media and you're still on social media, let us know who you are because we owe you a big thank you. We're so glad. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to go and do the, an overview of her career. And to be honest, I found it so funny how many of the films I'd already seen of hers. I'm assuming okay. you're the same. Yeah. And yet I did wouldn't have been able to... Pick her up in a lineup. 
Pick her out. <laughs> she's pick her up. Pick her out. She's very, very large. Apparently grammar is really important and the way you use words have a very different meaning. I'm not going to pick up Veronica Cartwright in any sense of the word. Oh, but you couldn't pick her out either. I can't. I could. But now I can. Yes. Okay, good. So let's start at the very beginning. To quote, good her, place to, start. to quote her sister's <laughs> iconic film. Um, Veronica was born on the 20th of April, 1949, in Bristol. So, so what? it's like the opposite of thing of what we had with Jennifer Ely. Bristol, as in the UK? It's in the UK, yeah. So they moved herself and her family um, when they were very young and went to LA. Um, basically, the parents wanted more opportunities for themselves as a family and obviously the children. Um, in LA, apparently, this is how Angela and um, Veronica get into uh, stardom. Their landlady suggests to their mother that one way of finding new friends and socializing and having a new network <laughs> is by getting the kids into modeling, like kid modeling. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> yeah, I That's don't. That's why I suffered when I was young. <laughs> exactly. And she, she clearly, they both do very well. Um, Veronica is apparently known as a cornflakes girl. <laughs> she also advertised for Rice Krispies oh. um, and makes her big screen debut in 1958's In Love and War in an uncredited role as Robert Wagner's sister. And listening to her talk about that is really fun. Like she was, She found it so glamorous, like... Robert Wagner had just married Natalie Wood, and Natalie Wood, who was a huge star of the time, um, she was fascinated by and found it so glamorous. Um, so clearly fell at A's and home uh, at film sets. Um, she makes her TV debut in 1959 in Zane Grey Theatre in an episode that guest starred Barbara Stanwyck. Oh. <laughs> Again, yeah, th- like she's rap- getting these yeah, yeah, yeah. big names early on. Um, She talks about how she was fascinated because in one sequence, Barbara Stanwyck is bleeding for some reason and they poured Hershey, melted Hershey chocolate on her as an effect. And she found that fascinating, (laughs) which is kind of a cute little story. Um, And then she has a a repeated role in a TV hit called Leave it to Beaver from 1959 (laughs) to 1961. Get your mind out of the gutter, Scott. (laughs) She She was literally 10 years of age or something. Can't do maths. If I could... She was 10 years, 10 to, 10 to 13. Um, but in 1961, she makes a huge imprint on film in the children's hour, which is a Lillian Hellman play directed by William Wyler and starring Audrey Hepburn and Shirley MacLaine. Um, also has Faye Bainter. Is that how you say her name? Bainter, of Bainter, course. Yeah. Yes. Love Faye Bainter. Yeah. Um, it is a really fascinating film and story. I've actually seen the play. They did it in the West End with Elizabeth Moss, Kira Knightley and Ellen Burstein. Burstein? Whoa, really? And, yeah, it was really good. And whoever wow. played the key girl, Mary, was so good as well. Okay. Um... But the film, the film adaptation is, is, is as faithful as it could be at a time in Hollywood that uh, didn't deal with homosexuality maybe in the most open way. But it is a really striking film. 
And so it centers around in a school, and there's two female teachers, played by Audrey Hepburn and Shirley MacLaine, are very close. And Audrey Hepburn is in a relationship with James Garner, but Shirley MacLaine's character may or may not. I feel like at the beginning, anyway, it's it's a bit more. Uh, what's the word, mysterious, Mm -hmm. um, has feelings towards Audrey Hepburn. Then Veronica's character overhears a conversation, tells another child of the school, and basically there's whispers that there's lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not laughing, because it's actually really, it's a really sad Mm. story. Mary has told her grandmother that certain things at school have been puzzling you girls, you in particular. Arithmetic puzzles me. I guess I'm just not very good at arithmetic. No, that's not what she meant. Mary said that you told her that you saw certain... certain things happen between Miss Dobie and myself late at night. That once when the door was open, you saw us together in my room. Oh, Miss Wright, I didn't. I didn't. I never said any such thing. Mary! Oh, yes, you did, too. It's aged for many reasons, particularly the ending, but it's, it's still fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a fascinating movie. All the performances are so good in it. I think it's a really well-done film of its time. Interestingly, Audrey Hepburn has talked about it, and this is actually in The Celluloid Closet, the documentary, which f- focuses on this film a bit. And um, she talks about how herself and Shirley MacLaine never once talked about the sexuality in it. Like, okay. So it was like an unspoken thing in this movie that there was a lesbian uh, homosexuality storyline, which just reflects the time as it, yeah. it was in. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really terrific. And I think um, Veronica, although I kind of misplaced her as the lead kid who really messes things up, she still is terrific and yeah. she her face like oh and you can tell like as everyone who's been a child has been involved in some sort of gossiping not realizing the implications of things and this film kind of draws it out to its most dramatic conclusions have you seen it or rewatched it for this this was the um first time i watched the children's hour uh and I was very taken with it. I completely agree with you around things having aged perhaps or a at least you, you would take a different approach, I think, to, to this kind of storytelling now. I reckon with that in mind, an interesting double feature to do contemporary old school would be with last year's Blue Jean, which also mm. centres on a uh, lesbian school teacher who gets found out by a pupil. So a very similar thread going on there. But the and we outcome... should, t- just because it is topical, because so that film is based in Margaret Thatcher's UK, where it's illegal to talk about sexuality and now we're living in a country the UK again where they're bringing introducing laws around gender and communication and it is so yeah you're right I I take back what I said about it being aged that way the only thing is the very ending but it's just frustrating I think films like that really frustrate me because it seems so old-fashioned but it's not because that is exactly what would happen exactly that it was the time and like you say if they weren't even talking about it on set that it was part of this story then sure it's reflective in in, of a time where it would have been absolutely against any decency that this could happen and could exist and is right so 
it does lead it to a dark path. Um, but even with that in mind, I think the performances in it are terrific. Veronica is really super mm. committed, a lot going on, um, and just really delivering vulnerability in spades against this other child character who is the the sort of polar opposite of her. She's a bitch. We can She's say an that. absolute terror. Um, Shirley MacLaine, a forever favourite of yeah. mine, is superb. Audrey Hepburn is really, really great. Yeah. I think they use her perfectly in this because Audrey Hepburn has become so well known for things like Breakfast at Tiffany's for good or for bad. Um, but this is where you're really seeing her used at the at her best in that she is playing a fairly reserved character, more reserved than Shirley MacLaine's character, certainly, um, more buttoned up. But there's still so much going on and she's playing that very, very well. So it's very thoughtful. I think it's a really interesting time capsule piece. So I think it is still important to look at queer stories um, that were made in the, in this case, 1961. Um, and I'm very, very glad I've seen it. Mm. Yeah, and I do recommend it. Um, Definitely. Just for so many, <laughs> for so many reasons. But just to, yeah, just to reflect, I think. And you're right, Blue Jean is an amazing movie. Yeah, if we're totally. talking about, you know, exploring the same themes, but for a more contemporary audience, Blue Jean, which is available on BFI Player and I'm sure other places, terrific film. Yeah. So we weren't alone in thinking that Children's Hour was good and Veronica was great in it because Alfred Hitchcock also watched it and from that hired Veronica for the birds wonderful which is her next film in 1963 so the birds i feel like this well this can't be but i was gonna say this might be one of the most iconic films we've ever done so it feels a bit redundant for me to even explain what the story is but perhaps not well, you will know, um, never know but it is a horror movie essentially thriller film about melanie played by tippy hedron who Flirts with a guy. Okay, now now this is redundant explanation for a story. But she does. She flirts with a guy, Rob um, Taylor. Rod? Rod? Rod Taylor. Yeah, Rod, Tra- Rod, Rod Taylor, very handsome man. And he and follows him to his hometown. Um, and then as he she gets to meet, you know, his mother, played by Jessica Tandy, and also his sister, played by Veronica, Things don't aren't all as they seem because birds suddenly are attacking them, which starts off with her on a boat, like a little dinghy boat, um, being hit by a seagull. Then birds like coming out of a chimney, um, <laughs> her being stuck in a telephone box, mm-hmm. an amazing sequence, which I think is like up there with any of the greatest sequences in any film about Tippy Hedron waiting for Veronica outside her school as the birds keep gathering and then attack. It is terrific. Like, it's a terrific film. My main memory is my mother had seen it somehow as a child and was scared <laughs> on of birds to the point, like, we'd go to, you know, when you go on holidays and you go through cages and birds, you have, like, bird feed and stuff. Not a, We would not do that. My mom would not do that. Wow. You know, um, really didn't like birds based on this film and you can see why 
And because of the time it was made, there is some special, well, there are special effects, but there also are real birds attacking these people. Um, so when Veronica ta- talks about filming it, you know, she says, Hitchcock was lovely. Hitch, of course, she calls him. He was lovely. He gave me this for my birthday because she turned 13 on set. La, 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 la. But she also talks about, you know, literal birds flying towards them <laughs> and hurting them. And also talks about him making jokes that she didn't understand. And when she talked to her parents afterwards, they'd be like, don't you be listening to that. Oh. So you can you can imagine what the set would have been like, but what an iconic film! Oh, truly, yeah. And yeah, I've nothing else to say about it apart from I really recommended nothing. Even with if you feel like I, my description has spoiled things, I really don't think that that is possible with this sort of movie because even if you know all the things that are happening or going to happen, you cannot be robbed of like the joy of watching this story. It's so interesting. Yeah, it's really fun. It's it's one that seared itself into my head long before I'd even seen it in that I remember um, sitting outside um, practicing. <laughs> Not the person didn't come get me. Uh, yeah, that's where uh, I thought you were going but with But no, it. but it is like but sitting outside and um, practicing uh, the tenor horn, which I played for many years, oh. and my brass teacher freaking out at the sight of birds and then describing what the film was and me being like, whoa, that's, that's actually a film. So it sat in my head for a long time and then I eventually watched it and it only heightened the imagery because some of the scenes and, and um, images that you've even described are so potent um, that you can't shake them. The birds on the climbing frames mm. in particular. It is incredible. Um, even though perhaps it w- would lend itself to parody and things now because of the nature of it. But must remind you that in 1963, this was nominated for Best Visual Effects at the Oscars. So uh, at one point in time, truly was um, state of the art. But in some cases, as I've just learned, they were using real birds, so not effects at all. Um, yeah, well, Tippi Hedrum goes into more detail. I think she was treated worse, uh, who plays the lead right. character, who, you know, people will know either Melanie Griffiths or Dakota Johnson, who are her, her daughter and her granddaughter. But yeah, yeah, Gosh. it's pretty awful. Like, I think <laughs> it sounds pretty hard going, that set. Yeah. Um, and what a film. <laughs> yeah, what a film. And I feel like, as a queer person, I couldn't talk about the birds and not shout out about... Suzanne Pleshet, is that how you say her name? Who plays Annie, who is the ex-girlfriend of Rod Taylor and is the teacher of um, Kathy, who's Veronica's character, in the school. Because she's this woman who has like a chip on her shoulder. She has a lot, a lot of interesting things going on. Like, you know, looking at sexuality and all that sort of thing is really interesting with her. She's basically kind of a spinster in this town who's also loved and lost but isn't vengeful of this new woman that's come on the scene i'm a little i love annie as a kid <laughs> i think I, that's the sort of like yeah. the baroness of the sound of music like yeah. they're the characters i was drawn to um read into that as you will <laughs> but yes yeah, spins is a harsh word but i feel like that is i know nobody would have said that in the film she's a young woman in it yeah, sorry she's gorgeous she is the one with the very dark here. Yeah, yes. well, I feel like that. Yeah, so we do go back to like a bog standard sort of blonde woman, yes. <laughs> dark haired woman, <laughs> old lady, then Jessica Tandy, who's playing mm. way beyond her youth. Um, or I believe so, unless she'd been an old woman her whole life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, great cast, great movie. And another iconic 
thing for her, her belt. I mean, amazing, amazing. If you haven't seen that film, do yourself a favor and watch it. And this is where Veronica loses out on an iconic role in The Sound of Music. So she did actually audition to be in The Sound of Music as another one of the siblings. Um, she doesn't get it. But she does go to the film shoot. So she's there in Austria Aww. with the rest of them, yeah, getting lessons, and I'm sure that was really fun. And she comes back to America to do a t- 37 episodes of a TV show called Daniel Boone, which was very successful. Um, and then she's kind of stays in TV for a bit, doing things like Who Has Seen the Wind, Family Affair, and Mod Squad. She talks about this time as being a bit dry because she was neither a kid anymore, like being in her late teens, but she wasn't an adult. This changes in the mid-70s, where she has inserts, going south, and the invasion of the body snatchers. Which, again, as you've mentioned, another iconic film. The Invasion of the Body Snatchers is a remake of the 1956 film, and it's directed by Philip Kaufman. Um, it also, I guess the lead ca- actors in it are Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Jeff Goldblum, and Veronica. And it follows a world where body snatchers are invading us. And it is, I'd never seen it before. And I expected it to be a silly kind of B-movie style film, which I guess it kind of is. But it felt really... Like, um, it felt very much like it could happen. Like, I was watching it hooked. Like, I thought this really could happen. These characters felt real. Like, this scenario felt real, that certain people knew more information than others. You know, know, there's class structures and whatever in society and that there was a satisfaction... Satisfaction? (laughs) 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 There is, like, a satisfying outcome to people that are still that can still have control as long as you know they're not fucked over they don't mind if you know the middle classes or the lower classes or whatever are taken over i found it really hypnotic and i thought like so veronica arrives kind of uh, the film has had a i don't know now this is how much i enjoyed the movie i couldn't tell you at what point but the the first act has happened veronica comes in with jeff goldblum and they're going to help donald sutherland and brooke figure things out she does a lot of screaming in this film when she's realizing, you know, how the body snatchers operate. Because they, they basically, um, like, create a replica of, of yourself while you're asleep. It's really quite disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> and she screams a lot at that sequence where they realize what's going on. What the hell is it? Keep calm, Nancy. Keep calm. Is it contagious? Any of your customers see this? No. Uh, it'd ruin us. It's all we'd need. Look, I am calling the police. No, don't do that. Why? Answer, don't. Because I think Jack is right. Not immature, exactly. He's got an adult face. It's a monster. It's got hair all over it. There's a lot of running around. Um, I do, will say the thing about this movie is I'm not sure they know what to do with the women because the like Jeff Goldblum goes off to do something and to distract a, a group of people. And Veronica's character just runs after him. Like, and there's no, like, real, <laughs> like, there's no real reason for that, you Come know? Back. And, you know, Brooke is in, uh, Brooke Adams is in 
treated much better, let's say. She's naked for reasons unknown to me when we've not seen anyone naked. Um, but she's a beautiful young woman, so I assume that's why. That'll be the reason. But have you seen it before? Yes. I watched this film, Another of Many, when I was far too young. And unfortunately, and I'm sad I haven't now rewatched it for the purpose of this, there are scenes and images which are um, fixed in my head. Um, Because I watched it around the same time, I would have watched things like The Shining for the first time. I think I went through a phase of trying to catch up on sort of classic horror thriller type films um so i must go back and watch it again i do remember even as a kid uh thinking it was quite magnetic mm. and strange um but maybe now like you i'd find it all too real or something and even more uncomfortable there was something about covid and it like the okay, way we yeah, reacted yeah, yeah. to covid that made me Really surprised. Like, I put it on. I had just watched something else. I can't remember now. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'll watch a bit of this as I have the projector up. And um, my partner wasn't around. And what is sure what else would I be doing? And then, what, like, I sat there watching the whole thing. In fact, Darren came My partner came back from whatever he was doing. And he watched the last half of it and was as hooked as I was. Amazing. And thankfully, and that's why I'm not going to say anything about the ending here. But I didn't I never saw this ending before or maybe I've seen it out of context I just didn't clock what it was and oh my lord was I like almost screaming along with the film wow. in, in absolute joy or horror whatever way if anyone's seen it you'll you'll understand why I would have reacted like that and Veronica is so integral to that ending and so her face in that sequence will forever be burnt in my right. head for that as m- among everything else so yeah, I'm so glad to have watched it. I would put it up there with one of the... Uh, like, I may never have seen this film if it wasn't for this podcast. So I'm so grateful that we do this podcast so I get oh, to watch films perfect. like perfect. Win. And I'm, I'm hoping that other people feel the same way. Yes. But I think more people will have definitely seen Alien, which comes very quickly afterwards yeah. in 1979, where she plays Joan Lampert. Lampert? Lampart, I nearly called her. No idea. Lampert, I'm going to say. Um, so Ridley Scott's horror sci-fi film. We came together to watch it, as we don't really do that often for the podcast. I don't know why we don't do that. Oh. But I'm really glad that's a film to watch with a group of people. Um. Yes, it's definitely a film worth watching in a group. Um. I don't know if we even intended on it. I think it was an accident. It was sort of pre-deciding or fixing on Veronica, or it was kind of straddling the line. But um, Alien, again, feels unlikely, but if you're not familiar with or haven't seen, it is about a... And this is where I'm going to end up butchering it, because the details probably escape me a little more than the the plot and imagery. But the the... The crew of a, I think it's like a commercial spacecraft, mm-hmm. um, are out in space. They touch down somewhere and things get a little bit strange. And they discover when back on board the spacecraft that they've been joined by um extraterrestrial visitor. And it wreaks havoc in many, many ways, um, in many iconic moments. If you haven't seen Alien, I'm sure you are familiar with what the alien looks like. 
um, best design of a like a movie monster ever, in my mm. opinion, potentially, because it is so just that head and the mouth and its size, just everything about it is at that time it certainly felt quite unique. It was sort of straddling the light between monster and machine in a very strange way. Yeah, the design uh, is absolutely amazing. And rewatching it now and thinking of how it was shot and lit um and framed is so impressive yeah everything about it the the production design on this in certain scenes in particular is mind-bogglingly good and made in 1979 elements of it could have been made yesterday it it looks perfect in in so many ways um the cast of this ship includes uh sigourney weaver tom skerritt john hurt um harry dean stanton bilbo baggins bilbo baggins himself ian holm um, and of course, Veronica. And am I missing anyone? Else? Oh yes, Yafet Koto, who plays Parker. Um, yes. Oh yes, the yeah. voice. That's the. That is the. No, they're all in it. And then there is the voice the, of the alien, and then Helen Horton, who plays. Oh yes, the voice of Mother, because Mother is yeah. the name of the um, the the robot which controls the ship. So Helen Horton and Bulaji Badejo. So we can say everyone in the cast then um, and what a cast they are yeah it's a real chamber piece of a film mm. um, yeah it's really great and the way that they build suspense is incredible and Veronica she is the most sensible of that crew do you know she I, you know people could read that um, and I guess they wouldn't be incorrect as a as a hysterical woman but I read that more as like somebody who clearly understands what's at stake and what they should be doing about it in a rational way. Do you yeah. know? Um, she does speak a lot of sense, you know, trying to get off the ship, for instance. We'll proceed with Dallas's plan. What? And end up like the others? Oh, no, you're out of your mind. You got a better idea? Yes. I say that we abandon the ship. We get the shuttle and just get the hell out of here. We take our chances and just hope that somebody picks up. The shuttle won't take four. It is interesting. And the iconic scene where the chest busting, as you said. Now, I guess, like, I'm just repeating it because she's been asked this all the time. Um, and probably most people know. But the cast didn't know that that was what was going to happen. And her in particular, maybe where she was positioned or whatever, she gets a lot of blood splat on her. And her reaction is so huge. But in character, I would say, yeah, it's yeah. really good. Um, that forever will be iconic. Oh my god! Um, she also, for better or for worse, has a has a because it's not a spoiler to say if you know the sequels and whatever. It's only Sigourney Weaver that is in those sequels. So Veronica doesn't make it, but she does do she does pretty well. She does well compared to many of them. But yes. her death scene is something like, for instance, I would have when I was doing my masters in film, we looked at that and and why, you know, all everyone else died in a very sort of matter of fact sort of way. She died in a slow sort of like his tentacle or tail is creeping up between her legs. Yeah, which Ridley Scott, who directed it. And every people are talking about, like, we didn't have that much footage. We were trying to make it sinister. Like, I, they clearly didn't think about it. But then 
you know, that's also, I would assume, clear that they're, you know, an unconscious sort of decision making there. Um, you, we know for a fact a man wouldn't have been murdered that way by the, the alien. Yeah. Does the alien have a name? No. Ever since just Alien. Just alien. Um, terrific movie. Like that, that's like four for four right there in terms of great movies that Veronica's been in that I would recommend. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Alien is an all-timer. I think it would often top poles of the greatest horror films of all time, thrillers, whatever, however you want to um, frame it. I think it is a sort of classic horror in many ways. Uh, it is fantastic. Do you prefer this or Aliens? Oh, it's funny. I I think they're so different yes, in many ways are. that I couldn't decide... Uh, I couldn't pick between them. That's hard. I do, like, if I was to pick one to just rewatch, well, I've also just watched Alien, but I would pick Aliens. I think they, you know, back away from her, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and things like that, like this very fun, slightly campy uh, Ripley with the Alien is, is really interesting to me. But I I think they're both brilliant, and I certainly would choose them over any of the others. Although I like Prometheus. Um, I don't remember. I've, I've seen the Winona Ryder one, but I can't really remember. When it becomes like a franchise like that, I get a little bit lost in the weeds. But yeah. those first two in particular, I really liked. Yes, the last ones haven't done anything for me, sadly. Um, but yeah, I agree that they're both great, both very different. I think Alien stands up, though, as um, a real game changer in cinema. Oh, I think yeah. Aliens is an incredible action film and, you know, will uh, will have had its own major impacts, but Alien is has created so much by being as absolutely brilliant as it is. It is uh, unquestionably brilliant. Yeah, and I would, out of those two films, Alien is a film I could watch again and again and get more information about filmmaking and an education. Yeah. As, uh, Aliens is terrific, but it isn't a go-to film for that sort of reason. So let, I'll say Alien. I mean, I'm just doing that because you've lured me into it, but I... <laughs> <laughs> um, but this seems wild to me. There, the, the dry kind of patch, let's say, that Veronica talked about before happens again. So she has TV films, The Black Pill and Prime Suspect in 1981 and 1982. And um, she does have the film The Right Stuff in 1983, um, which is a success and people celebrate, but yeah. she is not, she's not the lead in that. Like she is not, in my mind, she should be getting way more than she is getting. Um, I guess we did, what, thing, what we didn't say about Alien is that she was originally supposed to be Ripley, um, but they swapped roles during, just before filming. Wow. So who knows what the trajectory A of Alien would be? Because Sigourney Weaver is such a great fit. But what the what all? I mean, what a huge difference in so many ways um, to the careers of lots of people involved there. Yeah. Um. But we don't really get her in a major film until the, the uh, flight of the Navigator in 1986, and then Wisdom and the Witches of Eastwick in 1987. Ooh, and at least yeah. in with the Witch of Eastwick, um, she gets not a lead role, but the biggest supporting role or the most impactful supporting role within that film. So this is George Miller's campy, dark comedy, 
almost sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm. film um, starring Cher, Susan Sarandon, um, Michelle Pfeiffer and Jack Nicholson. I think the name will be familiar to a lot of people. I, I agree that I assume more people will be familiar with the iconography of, say, the poster and the cast rather than having sat down and watched it. Because you're right, it is a very odd film. Um, it's one that is, uh, I've always held very fondly. Um, I was saying to you earlier, my quiz team with my home friends, uh, one of them, friend of the podcast, Daniel, and our friend Emma, we were known Who's as the bitches. Is Emma not a friend <laughs> of the podcast? Not a friend of the podcast in as close a way just yet as <laughs> Daniel. Um, but we were known as the bitches of Eastwick at our uh, local film quiz, and very good we were too. Um, and that is because it's a trio of wonderful people. How could we not want to emulate um, Susan Sarandon, Cher, and Michelle Pfeiffer? Um, it's sitting down and watching it now. It is you, there's things about it which are very nostalgic and and quite irresistible in the way that many George Miller films are with that offbeat nature be that as we've seen in Mad Max or Babe or Happy Feet or whatever it might be from his peculiar filmography. Um, But there is something about sort of the placement and depiction of sexuality. The the character that Veronica plays in particular is a really unusual one. I had forgotten just how significant she was and in that she appears at the very beginning singing the national anthem and then she's the one sort of catching on to who this man is who's come into town and for that, you know, has an unfortunate path. I have a feeling, Clyde. The most terrible feeling. Something's happening, Clyde. Something evil. And we should say that this man who's come into town has been like a spell, essentially, by the trio of... um, Oh, I was going to say Oscar winners. Michelle does not have an Oscar winner. Um, but a trio of leg- movie legends saying, "This is I want a man who does this. I want his dick to curve this way. I want him to do whatever. And then Jack Nicholson appears, which is not what anyone would hope. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, sorry. That, that's true, in, this, in this case, no. Then no, that's how it is certainly I feel what it's like meant to be. Well, I know. I, that's what I think the outset of this movie is a bit odd for that reason. Maybe even a little... Anyway, because um, Bill Murray was going to play it as the part first. I was like, okay. oh, these two men... I, I just think clearly a straight man was behind this story. <laughs> anyway, because it's their fantasy that they would be appealing to all sorts of women, particularly people like but Cher. But he, he is meant to be gross, though. When he turns up, he is he is in his first instance of yeah. us seeing him, oh, he's yeah, snoring very loudly, he's gross, he's choking. He's interrupting Susan Sarandon on her cello, or whatever it is. And like. even Cher, until she sort of changes her mind, is literally saying, like, you are disgusting and everything about you repulses mm-hmm. me. I've never seen more things about a man I dislike. But yes, then. But I think that's my point because course. that's what men want sure, to be that attractive. Sure, like they want you. someone like Michelle Pfeiffer share to, to think, oh, I'd never have you. But then all they have to do is persist, per, pursue them in a very. Um, I don't know if you'd call him aggressive, but he certain. Well, he, it is in a way politely aggressive. You say that is not okay how he behaves around them till he gets his way, until they decide, actually, you're right, I do want to sleep with you. Um, but the film, 
you, then it's just about it's about kind of reclaiming that in a way. Then Veronica's part has just become a bit like a, a comedy subplot to just just kind of for someone to tell you that the decadence of what these women and Jack Nicholson are doing is is not okay by society standards. Um, which is why they probably get rid of her halfway through because they don't know what else to do with her. Um, but I did like I like the movie. I love Veronica in it. I think Veronica is such a hoot. It yeah. it's the sort of role where you're like, I wish this woman was given so many more opportunities to play this broad comedic type character. Look around you. Look around you. You see what's happening. Not down in our very homes. You know, you know who I'm talking about. You know, you know what's going on in that house. There is vice, there's perversion, shamelessness. All right. Comforting <laughs> with that devil. She's fine. She's okay. She's uh... <laughs> no drugs. Drugs are best. Murder. <laughs> Commitment underlined ten times. She's in a film with Susan Sarandon, Cher, and Michelle Pfeiffer, all at peak beauty, all being their brilliant selves. But she is the MVP, probably, and that she is absolutely going for it in the best way. And it works so much better for her delivering what she needs to do to really bring that character to life. Um, And then having what is maybe the single most iconic scene in the film is something happening to her. So... Yeah, she completely stands out in an amazing and iconic crowd of of co-stars. And her shouting whores repeatedly in the church is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) What dreams are made of. So I would recommend that if you just wanted a a bit of an odd but fun sort of time. I wouldn't say it's satisfying, but I also wouldn't say it's not satisfying. Um... Yeah. No, I I mean, I do really like it, but I think with, with a pinch of salt um and no cherries uh, yeah and if it wasn't for susan sarandon's hair in particular maybe i'd think a lot less of it but Mm. wow her hair in this film yeah they're absolutely gorgeous i wanted a film where like they got together and they explored their own sexualities without jack nicholson so you're turning into him now you perv (laughs) well he probably oh yeah this is it i I mean for by all accounts the filming of it it was very intense which george miller seems to um court um but veronica does talk about jack nixon being an absolute dream well there we go but i don't know if they had sex <laughs> and that's not that's not our business guys <laughs> um but again this doesn't lead to anything she does get a nomination for um i haven't written it down but i think a saturn award or something okay, along those fun. lines but like when i look at the films afterwards like so for instance there's man trouble in 92 she has an uncredited role as Bag Lady in Speed. I just rewatched that and I don't remember. It's, Do you remember Bag Lady? It's that so the very beginning? wild that I can't either, which is so silly thinking that we literally did just rewatch it and I've seen Speed so many times. Bag Lady. But she, I think she's just before 
Sandra gets on the bus, right? Anyway, sorry, Veronica, we failed you there. Um, then she was in Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh in 97. Sparkler, as you mentioned, um, playing a stripper in 97. In the Bedroom for a split second in 2002. Scary Movie 2 in 2001, where she does... Uh, she's playing Ellen Burstyn as, essentially in The Exorcist and is having like a sing song singing like Hello Dolly downstairs. <laughs> Dolly will never go away again. Hey, do you guys know this one? Oh, now this is the real shit. And then, um, as we were saying earlier, um, a shake that ass, and then she <laughs> makes, then her daughter comes down, who's, it's like, has the devil taken hold of her and it vomits and pees or whatever, and Veronica's like, you stupid bitch, and makes her, <laughs> does she make her like, yeah, like lick the pee her, or something? Oh, her it's disgusting. It, yeah. But, you know, iconic in a, in a very different way to maybe what we've described. <laughs> um, then there's also Just Married in 2003 and Kingsley in 2004. And I feel like it's important to say that she was in a remake of The Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 2007. Which you loved. Sharing a scene with Nicole Kidman. How long have I been coming here? Four years. And I've had a cup of tea almost every time, haven't I? Yeah, I suppose you have. But I can't do it. I can't even drink this. That's how bad it's gotten. And she talks about being asked to do this film because she was told, like, her character perhaps was still in the universe and still had something to say. But then I don't know if... I don't need, we've never talked about this film. Nobody talks about this film. It looks absolutely crap. Like, it's as if, like, they un misunderstood why the film originally was good and just one, like, let's have action. Let's have lots of action. Let's have Nicole Kidman just, like, running around a city with Daniel Craig. And um, the scene is, is pretty rough. Like, it's Nicole Kidman <laughs> that's rough in it. Veronica's really good. She's someone who's, like, her husband's one of these people her, the, who's been, his body's been snatched. And she's trying to communicate with Nicole, and Nicole's checked out. I think this was a scene shot during reshoots. Like this had a lot of problems. Okay. But um, just thought it was interesting, and it's probably one of the most high-profile films she's done recently, and um, because she <laughs> goes on to do films like The Yellow Wallpaper, and um, The Odd Way Home, um, The Field, which is in two thousand nineteen with. Barry Boswick, is that from um, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show? You know him? Um, Breaking Fast in 2020, which is a queer film. So she's an ally. I mean, clearly she's an ally, I assume. But that's, that is a bit mad for someone whose mm. career started the way it did. Um, I will quote her. Um, uh, this is from 2011. And she says, uh, and perhaps this is one of the reasons why she, her her films haven't been as uh, iconic, let's say, as they were before. Um, she says, there is a group of women that get all of the roles and it just doesn't seem fair when Susan Sarandon gets everything and now she's willing to, <laughs> and now she's willing to do TV. I want to get offered those parts. Oh. Uh -oh. 
we 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 hate to to see it and also love to. Susan Sarandon seems like an easy person to um, pick a fire with. <laughs> and clearly something happened in Witches Lovely of East Wing. <laughs> if, if, yeah. she's, if she's selecting Susan, of all people, to um, pick a fight with. So yeah, Susan Sarandon's the reason Veronica isn't in all those iconic Susan Sarandon uh, projects she's, she's been doing recently, like The Meddler, which I did love, but nobody's heard of. And... Um, so yeah, maybe that's why. Um, having said all that, people probably know her much better for, as I mentioned, Sisters uh, album cover, yeah, if you clearly. can zoom into that. But also TV. She has had so many guest parts, um, like uh, frequent parts, um, cameos in TV shows from Baywatch, Chicago Hope, Will and Grace, Nip Tuck, Judging, Judging Amy, Six Feet Under, Grey's Anatomy, Law and Order. And also um, she has three nominations for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series for ER and The X-Files. So that is, that is not nothing. No, no, and that is not nothing at all. That is a lot of iconic television work and to be three-time Emmy-nominated for The X-Files. Um, well, twice for The X-Files oh, and once for ER, sorry. Oh, right, okay, okay, but still, that's still... Surely that makes her a very familiar face to folk who were fans of those shows in particular. Yeah, and um, she wasn't in Murder, She Wrote, which I... Oh, we then just... <laughs> we said, then, we're not doing this. Okay, sorry, binning this episode. Um, maybe she was, and I just missed it. Um, she'd be perfect after the birds and all. <laughs> I'd absolutely love... Yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry, I realised Murder, She Wrote was over. <laughs> <laughs> but we to could. Oh, wasn't Octavia Spencer going to remount it? And do you remember all that? And Andrew Lansbury was like, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that may or may not be true, but I believe it is to be true. Um, and also, you, people may have seen her on stage because she's done things such as Electra, The Master Builder, and The Bat. <laughs> <laughs> was she playing The Bat? Yeah, the titular role each time. <laughs> Coming up, she does have... The Vicar's Wife, How to Talk with Spirits, and The Ruse. None of which most people will watch, I'm okay. afraid. we can tell. Um, so let's round this off by reflecting on the highs. Because it does, it does sadly get to, it's not as high as it was at the start of her career. And what would you say is your, if you, if you could recommend one movie... To watch for Veronica, what would it be out of her career? For Veronica, of what I have seen, then it is The Witches of Eastwick. Mm. Yeah. But it would be crazy to not be recommending all of the other films that we've spoken about to over Witches of Eastwick. But if it's yeah. for her, she is just having so much fun. And I think she's electrifyingly mm. um, it, it, just exciting to watch in it. Uh what about you? I, I, I that like it is a tricky question, which is why I asked you. But I think the invasion of the body snatchers. But because, not because she's particularly giving anything that I would say is is like so remarkable that you totally forget. Like there is one sequence in particular where it is iconic, but just because I think it, she's really showing a lot of different shades in that in that film. Um, just being the the person she is and that she is in the film throughout the whole movie unlike many of the other characters um, and it's very intense but she knows what she's doing and I still think it's very rare you have a particularly a supporting female 
character in those sorts of movies that's not just yelling or you know <laughs> running into a wall or you know this person has their shit together you, that's uh, mean to talk about all of her other roles that way. <laughs> what do you, no, Alien, she has her shit together too. It's not her fault the alien found her. But she still does a lot of shouting, running into things probably. Well, oh my God. Well, Witches of Eastwick, I will say, because when I put it on, I was like, I wonder if I'll enjoy this movie or whatever. And I was enjoying the first part. But when they all, they can't remember what Jack Nicholson's character's name is. And... Michelle Pfeiffer, as you can imagine, is wearing a beautiful pearl necklace. And they all remember her name, and without much reason, her pearl necklace, all, all the beads, all the pearls, like, start falling. And where is Veronica? But by a very um, glamorous staircase. And she she falls like she's in Looney Tunes yeah. down, and it's it great. is wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing. And then the heap she's in at the bottom, yeah. and she, like, turns her head. And she had a, that is a, like, they made a body double for her. Wow. Sorry, the body double is the wrong word. They made a mannequin. <laughs> they made a body double. Now I'm, I'm confusing body snatchers <laughs> with um, with real life. Yeah, they apparently, because, like, her leg is, like, twisted yeah, the wrong yeah, way, you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah it's great. And I mean, that is like peak George Miller, that sort of cartoonishness is, yeah, great. And to round all of this off, um, what would you love to see Veronica do in future? Uh, I just went with the first thing that came to my head. And now this is an answer I could give for so many people we love. But for her, based on... The the first word that comes into my head and will do now when I think about her is committed. Uh, she <laughs> she gives it her all, but in the best way, and that's why it's not just like committed for you know bad reasons. It's wonderful things happen. So when we get our next Knives Out film, I want Veronica to be front and center, and I also want it to be um, more folks around her her age bracket in general. Icons, 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 and she can be one of those. I, do you know, I don't think that that's far off. Like I right. imagine, um, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, and his partner is Katrina Longworth, who yes. does the You Must Remember Me podcast. Who this, must remember this podcast. What did I say? Remember that? Me. Must remember me. That's just what I say to to anybody because I'm so needy and dependent. You must remember me. Michael, enchanté. When we were in heaven last week, that's how I greeted most. And they're like, honestly, if I ever met you before, I don't have a clue who you are. Get away from me. Um, Anyway, you you must remember this. Um... Which I said afterwards as I did my movements on the dance floor. Um, <laughs> she, uh, Katrina Longworth, she loves film history, and um, you imagine someone like Veronica That's a good would be point, in her mind. You know? Yeah, she um, should cast the next one. Let oh uh, Karina cast Knives Out 3, please. Get Tippi Hedren into Oh my God. I, the yeah. okay, the, you the whole wild. of that family. Get them all in Dakota, Melanie, and uh, Tippi, and then Veronica. Sorry. Sword. See it, say it, sword. Um, mine, I, I've been so giddy about since I thought about it. And now that I'm, now we're recording, I feel like it's a bit underwhelming. He's even twitching and fidgety. I'm twitching, still I can't believe it. Um, so, obviously, Ridley Scott directed Alien. Ridley Scott is mounting his sequel to Gladiator. Oh. Why would Veronica not be part of this amazing cast of, like, Barry Keoghan, Pedro Pascal... Um, Paul Meskel, 
um, Denzel Washington and some other people I can't remember. She could be, I don't actually know the story and I probably should have read that before. I'm sure there's a blurb or something. But could she not be like his adoptive parent or like, you know, figure, a parental figure and be involved in his life as he goes back to reclaim his father's, I don't know, um, status in the Coliseum? And like, so she can sure. scream, she can be dramatic, she can wear fabulous robes, yeah. have her hair did. Um, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful idea. Yes, and, and it would bring um, something for us when we go to uh, watch the Gladiator sequel. Uh, I think Pedro uh, Pascal's thighs and Barry Keoghan. I know there's actually and, plenty of things um, in there that will be uh, plenty enjoyable too. I know, I love Gladiator. I know, I know. But you know that I do. It, but the thought of it. What? I can't wait. Appealing. Denzel I Washington in a Ridley toga? Scott do, he has done interesting things recently, but nothing's, nothing's struck real good with me in a long time of his. Do you not remember when he saved cinema by replacing Kevin Spacey with Christopher Plummer? <laughs> I mean... In a film like... Who's, what was that called? The Last Scandal or something? No, All the Money in the World. Yeah, All the Money in the World. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, Ridley. Ridley is not not at his at his uh, high point, but um, he's also he has all the money in the world, so he can do whatever he likes. And yeah, this gladiator. Apparently, they all wanted it, like Timothy Chalamet and oh wow, okay, other people of that age bracket. I can't think of. Hmm. Saying that, I did actually enjoy the Last Duel quite a bit. So maybe I'm being unfair and un. Oh, Last Duel. <laughs> Last Duel. Last Duel. Well, I liked some of the last duel. <laughs> I think that's also fair. <laughs> I don't need to see a story three times. Yeah. Um, sorry, it was a very important story that Ridley Scott had to tell about um, women <laughs> and the soul. Anyway, we are we're too going we're going on too much. Um, but Veronica, we love you and Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like I feel really bad. I really want to watch that queer film you made um, with the really hot men. Um, <laughs> I know I see this is where I feel guilty she's never no one anyone connected to her is going to listen to this podcast but you know I feel bad saying like you know she's not had an iconic film in ages yeah because some of these might be absolute bangers and we've we've completely missed out by going for the iconics yeah but Breaking Fast very attractive people so maybe I'll watch that perfect consider it done well on that note thank you so much Scott where can people find us under rocks or online. Is that what we call Pedro Pascal's thighs now? Yes. I mean, <laughs> sure. Um, but if you don't want to look there, <laughs> you can grab us on Instagram, Twitter, at don't know her. Underscore pod. Underscore pod. Or you can email us if you fancy at don't know her pod at gmail.com. And please do rate, review us, share with anybody you thought think would enjoy us celebrating underappreciated, underappreciated icons of cinema. Um, and yes, thank you all for listening so much. And thank you, Scott, again for just spending time with me. Oh, thank <laughs> you. That's adorable. Oh, well, until we get to do this again, which, you know, won't be too long. Uh, and we're, we are, we are... Picking up pace. I mean, that's the lie. We, we, he's, this, he, I spoiled it. We're doing a man next. I'm really excited. And this is a really great 
shout the next person. Yeah, um, and, and quite a pivot. So join us. And that's not a spoiler. We're not doing a ballerina or something. <laughs> no, I'm not that quick to think of puns like that. <laughs> All right. Until next time. See you later. Bye-bye-bye.